Hello, beautiful souls. We are so excited to bring you this episode with Nancy Pohl, who is a certified nurse midwife and owner of Emergence Midwifery and Wellness. We go deep in this podcast all about finding that inner voice in the medical field, making informed and educated decisions, and also talking a little bit about the business side of being a mom-owned business owner and navigating how that life looks 365 days, 24-7. We are so excited to bring you Nancy. What we want you to know is that she is a compassionate certified nurse midwife with a proven track record providing quality and family-centered care in homes, birth centers, and the hospital setting. Nancy attended Rutgers University for undergrad, where she also received an athletic scholarship to play lacrosse. She completed her graduate school midwifery education through the Frontier Nursing University in Hyden, Kentucky, graduating with honors. It was 2018 when growing a baby of her own that Emergence Midwifery and Wellness was born with a strong desire to decentralize care and bring quality, individualized, evidence-based midwifery into homes of those she serves. In addition to perinatal care, Nancy provides well-women care, preconception, family planning, contraception, and miscarriage and loss support all in the comfort of your home, which she translates all throughout all of pregnancy and postpartum. So if you're in the East Valley of Phoenix or the local Phoenix, Arizona area, absolutely check out Emergence Midwifery uh, as a potential for your home birth midwifery practice. This is Soul Starter, the podcast with your hosts, Jessica and Lexi. We're two mamas on a mission to make entrepreneurship more accessible through soul-driven exploration. If you're ready to start a transformative journey rooted in self-care, intention, and growth, then this is the podcast for you. Join us and our guests each week as we explore the parallels between business, motherhood, and mindful living. Your intuition guided you here. Now let's get started. Nancy, hi, I'm so glad to talk to you today. Lexi and I are here and we are so, so grateful for your time and excited to speak with you today. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. Of course. Well, I couldn't think of a better person to bring on this podcast that really just embodies this, you know, motherhood experience of kind of watching moms shift in their identity role, but then also being a business owner and mom yourself. So there's so many things that I want to touch on today with you. But first, I think that the average listener probably needs to learn a little bit more about you. Obviously, you're a midwife, you're a home birth midwife that specializes specifically um, with births at home. Would you share a little bit about like maybe the differences to the average person who may not know any any better, if you will, the differences of what an OB versus a midwife is, and also maybe what a midwife looks like in a hospital setting versus birthing center versus home birth and why you felt called to do home birth midwifery? Yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. Um, Okay, so there's the medical model of care, and then there's the midwifery model of care. And, you know, kind of stereotypically, people tend to sort of align one way or another and, and have a viewpoint of, I feel like midwifery model of care is, is specializing in low risk physiologic normal, healthy birth and having a healthy respect for intervention and, and, and tools and equipment if we need it. Right. But 
seeing just birth as just this beautiful, normal process that we get to journey along with with women and families on. And um, the medical model is sometimes definitely more clinical, definitely more technology and testing and and uh, most of the time intervention because it's not, a, you know, hospitals usually aren't set up for healthy, low risk birth. You know, they're set up for a business. They're set up for the over medicalization of um, childbirth, unfortunately. So very, very two different approaches to care and viewpoints on care. Now we get those blessings that are in the hospital setting and and just like we kind of get those ones in the home birth setting that maybe this, this isn't their jam either, but it, that can you cross. So I, I am, I guess, you know, stereotyping what, what most uh, models look like, but that's kind of it in a nutshell, really. Midwives, there's all different types of midwives and midwives can work in a number of different settings. You have midwives, of course, that work in the hospital. 98% of nurse midwives, which is, is what I am. I went to nursing school for four years and then graduate school for three. 98% of nurse midwives will work in a hospital. I think that's why a lot of times in our practice, we get the, you're a nurse midwife and you work at home. You don't have an office. You don't have a hospital. Yes, on purpose. So hospital setting is kind of like the default of where I mean, so much of birth takes place in the hospital and we're seeing a shift in that, but you know, a, a small shift, but still a good one. And then you have birth centers, whether they're attached to a hospital or they're freestanding, right? And and those can be nurse midwife owned and run and, and um, employed, but you can also have other types of midwives, like professional midwives, licensed midwife. It really depends on your state and their guidelines, right? And then, so by default, because there's many entities such as a hospital or a birth center, depending on the state you're in, that don't allow for certain types of midwives to work in places, um, by default, you have a lot of midwives that work in out-of-hospital setting just because somebody else prevents that, right? So very state by state, but here, you know, in Arizona, we are, we are really blessed to have, you know, hospital, birth center, and, and home birth midwives in all different scopes of practice. You know, some have formal schooling, some don't, some are licensed, some aren't. So a very, very broad. I feel like midwifery is, is more that way where oh, you're either an OB or you're not. <laughs> you know, you're, there are a board certified surgeon that works in the hospital or you're not. And then there's a few gems. Um, one of my one of my dear friends, Dr. Fishbein, he actually works in the home setting as an obstetrician. So that's really nice too, but that's the exception, not the rule. Mm, that's so cool to hear. I mean, I feel like, like so much knowledge was just left there for someone who is maybe pregnant, exploring options or down the road as well. What made you choose to go into the home birth midwifery route? Yeah, so I I grew up hearing, like I always knew I wanted to be a nurse. I always wanted to help women specifically with, you know, with women who were pregnant and laboring and birthing. Um, and, and for a while, like in my teen years, I thought, I'll be a nurse because that's like what I heard about. You know, you don't hear about midwives in your uh, high school career, career day or something, which we're hoping to change that too. But just, but when I heard my aunt talk about having a midwife and um, even though she worked in the hospital, I was like, wow, I got to look into what that is. And then very quickly fell in love with the thought that a woman could lead you through your pregnancy, your labor, your birth, your postpartum, and, and kind of like hold that space for you as a woman and a family to take that back. Not the, 
I'm the doctor, listen to me. I'm the nurse, listen to me. I'm the hospital, listen to me. It was just like giving birthing families back their power in that. That was so important for me. And for a long time, I thought I could do that. I never really thought I could do that in a hospital because it's just not where I personally and professionally align. Like if I'm sick, maybe I'll go to the hospital. If I'm high risk and I need surgery from a board certified surgeon, I'm going to call it my favorite local OB. But if I'm healthy and low risk, I want to stay at home because leaving home is your first intervention. And so for a long time, I thought I could take the best of both worlds. I could take my hospital knowledge and background. I could take you know, maybe home's a little too scary for some people. And then just have this perfect, beautiful, I'm going to work in a birth center model. And what I found is working in a small group practice in a birth center in Southern California, while it may be a nice middle ground for a lot of people, it really does restrict you. It, you know, you have to be admitted at a certain time. If they're a licensed and credit a uh, credential birth center, you have to you have to say yes to certain things. You may have to follow certain policies and procedures that you don't align with. And it, it just started the longer I did it. When I was a baby midwife, it was kind of like, yeah, this is fine. This is a good middle ground. And then the the more I was with women and and birth, I was just like, we're we're changing the physiology of this birth. We're asking someone to leave their house that doesn't need to. Now, if you're having triplets and you have high blood pressure, please leave your house. There's a lot of great hospitals and a lot of great midwives and OPs that work in that. But if you don't, it's like, we're going to change that the second you walk out the door. And we're going to kind of submit to this, again, over-medicalization uh, of birth, and we don't need to. And so it really... I think birthing my son, um, Landon, my oldest, was a reaffirmation of like, Yep, I want to do this. I want to, hands down, want to be a midwife. I mean, who goes to grad school with a baby? But here we are. It worked out for me. And, um, but also because I had him in a birth center and I just was like literally in labor in the car, I was like, why am I driving here? Why did I just leave my bed? Why did I just leave my bathtub? And it was that false sense of security uh, that we now know, you know, isn't there. Again, if we're remote, if I'm two hours away from a hospital, love birth centers, but you know, your home for most people is a safe place where you feel loved and, and supported and safe. And so I really wanted to bring the the, the model of care that we provide, the background, the knowledge that that kind of give it back to those families and then also be able to come into your home and offer like that safe space, that, that model of care. That's beautiful because birth should really be what you want it to be. Like if you want to be home, it's nice to know that there are so many options out there. And like you said, yeah. if it's too scary to be at home, you know, there's midwives that deliver at hospitals. That's what I did. I had a midwife deliver mm -hmm. at a hospital and it actually was exactly what I needed because I hemorrhaged after with my daughter. So like, yeah. it was a good thing that I was there, but yeah. I think intuitively we know kind of what we need and what we want mm -hmm. and being able to have these options at our fingertips more and yeah. more, especially because of like, think what you're doing is yeah. really special. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I, I just, I was on a consult with someone last week and, and we were talking and I said, you know what? I, I really think that, you know, this provider at this hospital, this midwife would, would be really great fit for you. You should call her. And she did. And they're so happy. And then just the other day, that same provider was like, you know what? I think you might be better off at home with emergence. And so it's really not about I'm a home birth midwife. I think everybody should birth their baby at home. It's I think everybody should have an option. 
just like, you know, if you have a breech baby or you have twin babies, it doesn't mean you have to birth in a hospital. That doesn't, it makes you have slightly higher risk potential, but it doesn't mean you're higher risk at four weeks pregnant just because you have two babies, you know? And so it's really kind of talking through all the ins and outs. That's why I like consultation with a number of different midwives, even in a number of different settings. Like if you're not sure, if you're like a hundred percent going to the hospital, I don't want to hear anything. That's fine. But also if you're sort of in between like interview all providers in all places, interview providers that are like, okay, like this is how I align. This is how I think, feel, and believe. This is the birth outcome I want. So, you know, if you're looking for unmedicated vaginal birth with like doula support, you research that provider, you research that hospital, like, is this what they do? Like, do doulas love them? Like, do they have a good vaginal birth, you know, success rate? If they don't, like, you might want to interview another one, right? And so I think really just like taking in all the information. The thing that hurts my heart so much, because we also do like annual visits, uh, family planning, birth control, preconception, PAPs, all that stuff. So as a nurse midwife, hearing I'm past my job, childbearing years, but I wish I would have known. I wish I would have known I had the option. You know, so in other countries, you know, the standard is like everybody gets a midwife until you need an OB. And I wish it was that here. I, I wish it was just like, hey, you might want to try this model and I'm here if you need me. Because that's what we tell our home birth families. You don't even need a clinical reason for yourself or your baby to transfer to the hospital and labor. You can just be like, you know what? I'm not feeling it. Or maybe I, maybe I would like an epidural or I kind of feel like some Pitocin would would help these, these waves. And, and you can go like that. Like we don't even, we don't even need a reason to go other than you want to. But when you're somewhere else, it's, it's not like you can like be in labor, check yourself out and be like, I'll birth at home unless it's unassisted, you know? So you always have that, that choice of higher level of care, but it doesn't mean you need to start there. Yeah. yeah. And one thing I really love that you talked on early on was reclaiming that, that power back to, to the mm-hmm. woman, right? And we talked yeah. about this with another one of our guests recently is really allowing women to have those choices, to be have those educated options so that they can make an informed choice that's best for themselves. But really it comes down from stripping away the power that other people have and building back up the innate power wisdom that, that you have as a, as a woman and as a mom. Can you speak to that process a little bit about how you see yourself as a person that gives that to other people in the birth space, but also watches women's transition into that? Have you seen people kind of evolve to find their inner voice and find that inner calling mm-hmm. during that process or yeah. maybe after? Yeah. Once you've seen the transition and change, it's really hard I think it's hard for a lot of times, both like first time parents, right? It's hard for them to be like, okay, I 100% fully trust in this model because like you said so. Like, of course I'm going to say like, this is amazing. This is an amazing way to have your baby, right? But I think once you see hundreds and thousands of families journey through that and like they're in the bed with their baby, the dad that was worried about safety and finances with his arms crossed in the console is like, this is incredible. And it's like his idea all along, right? We'll give him that. But I see that. We see that over and over and over again. And like, nobody did that but you, you know? I mean, we might be there to make sure like, you're having a good time at your, your birthday party, but like, it's really about like just protecting that space. It's not, 
this birth was this because I was here or because it was you or because it's really just like we held that space. We made sure everything was, was quiet and safe and undisturbed and, and normal and low risk and healthy. Like we, when it veers from that, we can kind of, you know, protect that too. And, and like I said, there's a time and a place, but when you see that over and over again, when you see that like faith over fear, lived out in daily life it's just like there's just nothing like it you know and I think very few it, there's very few areas in medicine especially in obstetrics and, and midwifery and gynecology that allow for that it's so fear-based I mean you know you've got recommendations from ACOG and two-thirds of, of the recommendations are by opinion by some board it's not science or evidence-based and even that I mean the last couple of years I think we can we can safe to say that sometimes the science isn't always is isn't always right and so clear either. So when you when you get, get in these spaces of like midwives, especially in the community setting, that see this over and over again, when people just learn to trust and they they journey through that and they come out on the other side feeling empowered, feeling knowledgeable, feeling about like I did that. And get to make all the choices, not from fear, not from coercion, really literally just get to dive in and decide. I tell people from initial consultation, if you want five-minute appointments where I tell you what to do about your baby's vitamin K or how you're going to birth, we are not your practice. Because like we're going to come alongside you and give you the, hey, this is what you want to think about. This is what you want to consider. But really just reclaiming that is so much about what birth used to be until it really until it moved into the hospital setting, right? So well, coming back to that knowledge is power and reclaiming your power. I mean, being able to advocate for yourself and speak up for what you want. And if you don't want a five minute visit, it's important that you say so. And we, mm -hmm. as women, especially, we're very intuitive and we, we have to remember that and trust that that inner knowledge is really taking you in the right direction. And I actually experienced this, I changed from my like OBGYN with my first baby at, I think it was 36 weeks. Like that was the most terrifying choice to make, but I knew I didn't want that person to deliver my child. And I had been speaking up for myself that I wanted, I didn't want an epidural. I wanted to do, I wanted to labor at home as long as possible. Like I wanted to Come in, like I wanted to have a natural unmedicated experience and it was like yeah sure okay like that I just felt so brushed over yeah. and then that's when I found a midwife who could actually give me that and my my child at the time was also breech and so they wanted to do um I forget the name of the procedure okay. yes and it, that that requires an epidural like at least for me, they were like, I think they numb you and like all these things that I didn't want. Yeah. And that was one of the driving factors as well, where I was like, okay, I'm not going to listen anymore. Like I'm going to stick up for myself. And I told my husband, I'm like, we're not doing this. I know the babies do like maybe tomorrow, like within just <laughs> a few tomorrow weeks. Or maybe in five weeks, but let's change it up. Yeah. And then I switched and then they, they were like, do some forearm stands, like do a little bit of belly massage and your baby's going to turn. And that happened. And like, yeah. That was all because I stood in my power and I stood up for myself and what I knew internally was what I had to do. And so if you're like for anybody that is just 
feeling like they know, but they're afraid to speak up. Like it's so important that you do. Yeah. Yeah. And good for you, Lexi, because I'll tell you, like we, we all work for you. Like you guys are the consumers of care, right? And so without that, this is the care I want. This is how I want to be cared for. This is who I want to learn from. This is who I want in my birth space. We don't have a job. And so nothing changes if nothing changes. Like that practice, when you left, they might've been like, Mm, we need to reconsider like we've got who knows who knows how many moms left or how many families wanted to leave and and the silver lining in that is like you found a midwife and you had the type of birth that you wanted to have and it's never too late you know and and I think that's great and that's commendable but it and it is scary it's scary to go through change and especially when you're like yeah I could have a baby tomorrow or in five weeks no big deal But when you surround yourself with someone who believes in you and aligns with what you align with, that's half the battle. Because not only are you like, okay, I'm having my baby and I'm 36 weeks and I just like changed it all up. But if you're like, but I trust this person and I know that this isn't the care I want, but this is the care that I desire. Like I said, that's, you know, that's just half the battle. So that's awesome. I love that. Imagine overcoming unwanted leakage, prolapse, and pain with intimacy. This episode is brought to you by Jessica, my one and only co-host. Jessica is the owner and founder of Your Postpartum PT and Wellness, which blossomed out of a true need and passion to close the gap in postpartum recovery care. Her mission is to meet moms where they are at and to raise the standard of pelvic health education and recovery care. Jessica has an awesome team. Her team has three doctors of physical therapy. She has pelvic floor therapists and pre and postnatal trainers that will help you feel confident, strong, and empowered in your pregnant body and in your postpartum body. Your postpartum PT and wellness is fully virtual. So you can have a one-on-one coaching team that supports and educates you with a customized program tailored to exactly what you need. And the best part is they're less than 30 minutes. You can do them at home about three times a week, depending on your needs, and you don't need to find childcare, so you can just stay home and work on your body. All right, guys, if you want to learn more about Jessica and your postpartum PT, head over to Instagram at your postpartum PT and DM her the word podcast to receive a free training tailored to your exact needs. She's also on Facebook. She has a free Facebook group called Pelvic Floor and Core Rehab for pregnant slash postpartum moms. It's just so important to trust people and to know like what we were talking about earlier, that there are options and interview these, like interview people, right? Yeah. This is a very big life moment. Like you should. Totally. Don't go with just whoever is like down the street and that everybody else goes to. Yeah. Not, and I'm glad you said that. Not who's down the street, not who your friend used. Like the two of you might pick very different midwives. Um, Now, Lexi, it better be us in the future. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You you, you can't always go with like, oh, well, my friend used this person. We hear that a lot, like in midwifery or pediatricians or whatever. How do you know you have the same alignment? How do you know you have the same desires, right? It's okay to want different things, but like find the person that aligns with what it is that you want 
right? I'm going to pick a very different provider if I want hands-on scheduled all the things in the OR on Friday versus if I'm like, I'm not doing labs, I'm not doing ultrasounds, I'm not listening to my baby. Those are two different people and they're both okay. It's just like you, you have to be in, in alignment with what you want and then find those people that align with you. Because if you're in a place that goes against most people have their things you know in the medical model these days it tends to be breaches bad twins are high risk and always need you know uh, an or and when you are with a person from the time that you find out you're pregnant you are yourself and your baby and then your family is just is just just lives in that fear based mentality and you're just waiting for something, right? Because you're just told all the things. Instead of going, okay, breach is a variation of normal. Breach is normal, right? Like there's less babies that are breached, but if it were to happen, like having that provider that aligns with that. And so that's another good example of even though like you got to that 36 weeks and like, hey, this isn't, but you might go in thinking you've got one baby head down and if all of a sudden you don't, then you might make a different plan and that's okay too. Your plan can change. Always knowing your options is, is great for that. Yeah, and really, I think it's, that's the most important part, that reframe, too, from a woman's health standpoint, right? I think so many times women's choices, women's voices have been suppressed, and so we don't feel like we can make that choice. We right. just, oh, whatever the doctor says, oh, the doctor says I need to be induced, the doctor says I need to have a scheduled seat. Well, what about, what do you want? What does your body tell you? What is right. your innate uh, what is your inner wisdom telling you? What are you feeling called to do? And so too, like if, you know, people are listening and they feel called to do something different, I think that's like, you know, they're trying to ping you. They're trying to give you clues. This is your body trying mm -hmm. to tell you something. So lean in, listen to it, even though it feels uncomfortable. I know right. when I was researching home birth midwifery, I was the first one like in my family and generations of family and none of my friends were doing it either. So I was very much going against the grain. And it felt very uncomfortable and like really nerve wracking, but I still felt called. I don't know why I was supposed to. I just felt like that's the direction I was supposed to go call. And so I think that a lot of women sometimes maybe feel like they don't have that choice or they don't have that uh, ability to choose. And in anything and at all women's health, you know, health and healing and all of that and in birth, you have a choice. And I think that's really important for women yeah. to know. Yeah. And I think too, knowing, cause sometimes we'll have, um, I usually say two people are on the couch during the consult. One's a little bit more convinced than the other. Now the two that are on the same page, my absolute favorite. Cause I'm like, look, happy wife, happy life. Get it? Like, come on. No, <laughs> but it's bringing, bringing into have that conversation. Now, if a woman is sitting in front of me going, I don't want to birth at home, but he wants me to different combo. Like you're the one carrying the baby. You're the one birthing the baby. That's not a discussion that I'm, you know, we're going to just honor that. But usually it's, you know, the husband, the partner, the, you know, that that's going, I don't know. But when you, when you can bring them into a consultation, you have the ability to ask and answer questions because it's all the misconceptions. It's like, oh, well, what if, what if, what if, or you've seen a birth scene in Hollywood and you think that's how they go, or you've heard something about your friend's birth, but you don't realize that. 80 interventions that happened before you heard the horror story. Um, and so you don't know what you're saying no to, right? And so I think it's really important. You might get off that call and go, these home birth midwives are crazy. I'm never doing that. But at least you've had the conversation and at least you know the option. 
you know we can carry meds and IVs and oxygen and are trained to handle bleeding and, and shoulders and resuscitations because most people go, oh, like I didn't know that. It's just handled differently. And yeah, it looks different than 20 people rushing into your room, but like it's still, we're trained to do those things. Right. And so I think having all the information and making the best choice for you guys from that information is really what we all want. Yeah, absolutely. Well, shoot, I could talk about birth forever, but I would love to pivot (laughs) even more so into you, you found your calling in, in helping women birth their babies at home. Then you grew, you started to grow your own practice. From what I know, Nancy, you were solo for quite a while. And then just these last few years, you've, you know, onboarded an incredible team to support you. And that walk us through that transition of, you know, being a mom, having children, also having an unpredictable schedule, running a business as a mom. (laughs) Walk us through all of that, you know, and what was your driving force to keep you going? Yeah. Well, I'm sure the three of us could chat about this for quite some time too, right? Um, I think when you're truly in alignment with, you know, God's call for your life, it's just everything unfolds and makes sense. I've intentionally prayed about uh, the, the women that would join this practice way back when I was just out of out of grad school and and just kind of like okay I'm gonna you know work in group practice I, di- I didn't want to be solo in the beginning I wanted that community I wanted that connection I wanted other like-minded providers when you when you work for someone and sometimes in a setting where you, you have a little bit of control but not much it's it was okay for me in the beginning because it, it taught me just a lot of great things personally and professionally. You know, I've worked in homes and hospitals and birth centers. I've started a birth center in a hospital. I've worked in all the different roles and I, and I, I love my journey, but it just became very apparent back in like 2016. Like, okay, I, I want to do this where I can come into somebody's home. We can have decisions together, not this policy says, <laughs> and it's like, of course, you know, I'm not throwing out policies and procedures and safety. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like there needs to be, you know, informed consent, shared decision-making and stuff, not just because we work this place and there's five of us, we all need to do it this way. And so the, when, when I started to feel myself pulled away from who I was or what I believed, or even just, you know, not being surrounded by by Christian women, like that's really important to me. I just was like, I'm ready to do this, right? And so I dove into my own practice in Southern California. It happened just very organically where a few of my repeat families came and were like, but I just want you to come. And so it was like, I was in a group practice, but didn't have the benefit of group because I would just go, okay, fine, just call me anyway and I'll come. And so I was kind of, you know, working full time, not having days off anyway. And so I'd say that's kind of the downside of being your own, um, you know, solo is just it's 24 7, 365, and you miss birthdays and you miss anniversaries. And, and that's okay for a while. But from sustainability, both in what I've experienced and what most of us experience, and, you know, by evidence and research, you know, you get to that burnout, right? And and when I felt like I was being a really great midwife, I felt like I was being an awful wife or mother and there was zero balance. So sustainable midwifery then became my goal, not just my own practice. It was just how do we do this, but do it sustainably? So um, we were called to leave Southern California. We came here to the East Valley in Arizona in summer of 2019. And I, you know, got all my family settled and everything. And who would have thought 2020 and everything going on in the world would have just blessed my midwifery career because 
you know, people that never thought they would birth out of the hospital started going, well, maybe. Um, so when I when I started in March of 2020, it just took off. I've been booked every month since. And then so in January of 2022, brought on two other midwives and, you know, just recently hired another one. And it just it's just been incredible because it's like we get to serve more families, but we also get to feel like we just have a true balance of, you know, work and life, mothering and, and being a wife and having intentional time off. The first time I got to turn my phone off, like totally off or only use it for pictures on vacation. I mean, I sobbed for like 30 minutes because it had been probably 10 years since that happened. And so, you know, that sustainability piece was was so important. And I think when you have that vision and you go, okay, like now let's take the steps to create that. And then when it's happening, it's like, it's worth all the, the work and the effort and the whatever. And, and then in turn, like, even though my business feels blessed by, by this and our families we serve and everything, we feel blessed for each other that then pours over into our family because we pour, you know, we, we, we are, we come to each section of our lives with a truly like filled cup. Like we feel restored. We feel we had the biggest, Caitlin and I had the busiest week last week. Thank you, Blue Moon. Seven babies in six days. And I'll tell you the end, somebody made a comment on one of our pictures. Like you're glowing. Wow. I'm like, this is birth seven. Like we're so happy to do this work and to do it together. And, um, I don't know. It just doesn't, you know, when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. And so, like I said, it, it, you're the people surrounding you feel that. And I think that helps, you know, motivate and encourage you to, to keep going. Right. And to, to kind of have that balance in all aspects of your life. So, and you can totally see too, when somebody is walking and living in their purpose. I mean, even with you now, like you can just see your energy and how you speak about it and how, how beautiful that is. And I know even talking to Lexi as a business owner too, like when we talk about her business, it just lights her up and it just makes her look, you know, radiates energy that you can use palpable, if you will. And so I think that from, from what I've experienced too, as a business owner is, man, if we could all just find our passion and find our thing and find our purpose and then be brave enough to take that next step, because that's one thing I think that is not talked often about in starting businesses, right? But be brave enough to step into that role that you feel drawn towards to start the business and to live in that purpose and to keep, you know, listening to those pings that you're getting to keep following that path. I love that you said that because as you were talking earlier, Nancy, I even like when we were talking about birthing at home and everything, I had this thought of, well, what's on the other side of your fear, right? Like, what is your fear? And then if you were to look past it, what beautiful thing could be on the other side of your fear? It could be the birth experience you want. It could be, you know, turning your phone off on vacation because you stepped out of the fear of hiring more employees, which is a scary thing to do as a business owner. But that meant that you have this ability to be on vacation and turn your phone off. You know, like there's there's yeah. so much potential on the other side of your fears. Right. Yeah, it's true. And I tell people, you know, even back to the birthing piece with fear, it's like you're going to have to face that fear wherever you are. You know, it's like if somebody has a fear of like bleeding you're going to have to navigate that fear, whether you're at home, you're in a birth center, you're in a hospital, or you're by yourself. And so let's walk through that. Let's not ignore it. Let's not say, 
oh, if I'm here, it'll fix it, right? Because it might not, you can bleed anywhere. So kind of walking through that fear, but it's it's so true. I mean, this isn't, I know this is about women-owned businesses and all that kind of stuff, but to say, like step into that fear, I mean, we're right now expanding Emerge IV. I'm, my husband's work, walking away from a very well-paid corporate job to just again, just be in alignment with who he is and what he wants to do and, and bless our life with that. And so since I can't handle two businesses at the same time that are exploding, I was like, oh, you do this. So we're really excited about that too. So it's like, yeah, like when you have a passion and you have something that you feel like would serve someone, right? And and stepping into your alignment with that, like it'll be blessed because like you're just living very like intentionally and yeah. It's really pretty incredible. I'm proud of you guys too, because it's it's not easy, you know, right? It's not easy, you know, but I think when you know, you know, and I think it's just stepping into that path that feels in alignment. And, you know, we talk about this often, you know, when we started our business, everything just happened like so organically and it just yeah. unfolded almost like the way it was supposed to the whole time. And that's just, you know, you stepping into what's really in alignment with you. And so you're going to be blessed by it because of that. But we're not able to do that unless we overcome the fear, as Lexi says, too. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. One thing that you also done that I've really admired, um, and this is correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys have also decided as a company, right, to not take births in December. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So this is another element of you choosing your families this time for rest, this time mm-hmm. for rejuvenation for yourselves as, yeah. as women serving and holding space for women, as business owners, as being able to create that space. So tell me a little bit about that. I'm sure that was scary, right? Revenue probably takes a hit at the end of the year yeah. and all of that. But in general, from a business owner's, but you chose that no yeah. matter what, right? That was in alignment with you. Yeah, we chose that. So in January of this past year, I had surprised the midwives with the midwife retreat. I had told them like, we've got 12 months in advance to plan and prepare. And maybe we take a few more births in November and maybe we take a few more births in January. Um, but kind of have that intentional, like that, you know, that second week where we're just out of town, we're away, we're disconnected. And funny enough, one of them was like, oh, is it going to be like a work, like business plan? I'm like, no, it's going to be like hanging out in the sunshine with some spa days and like, no, it's not a work thing. It's not a business planning trip. It's a retreat to rest and relax and rejuvenate and disconnect. And, um, you know, as women and, and moms and midwives, we give so much of ourselves and pretty much everyone was just like, that's incredible. Like, I love that. But also I have to pay more attention to my like fertile window <laughs> so and we weren't saying like don't get pregnant don't plan your babies around it we were just saying like if you want us to be your midwives like you might want to pay attention to this window but honestly I I didn't expect this but I got so many messages from women that were just like wow this is also a really incredible lesson in like it's okay to slow down it's okay to spend intentional time on yourself Caitlin and I have have begun to hold each other very accountable for like when's your date night when's your this when's your that um and that that's so important because you know especially when you're in a business that's that's busy and unpredictable and whatever sometimes you just forget like to kind of check in and and plan that time and and all that stuff and now that we have that sustainability piece we can we can check out and have an anniversary dinner that's uninterrupted or whatever, which is really nice. 
which was often people kind of forget that element, right? I mean, birth, you can be called at any time. So what we might look at as like, oh, of course, we're going to do an anniversary dinner. Someone in your profession could get a call that a baby's born and have to cancel an anniversary dinner. So it's it's often overlooked how much you sacrifice and you get up as a midwife that's just on call whenever other people are having the babies. So I love that you guys built that in for yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even just like, it's the way of the world today to be so connected, right? We've got our phones, we've got our watches, we've got email and every single thing you can think of. And it's just like, even that where you can't be a hundred fully percent, you know, a hundred percent fully present, you know, that, that starts to wear on a person. So when you can just disconnect from that, it really blesses you not only as a business owner, but in your, in your personal life too. And, and like I said, your family sees and appreciates that. So yeah, it's really important. Mm, I love that. Well, Lexi and I want to know when the retreat's at. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're crashing. I love that we're crashing your retreat. Did you say when was that again? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I love that for you guys. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. That was really amazing to hear kind of your journey. Only, not only, you know, advocating for women, informed choice, um, letting women know that they have that divine power inside of them and really helping walk that path alongside them if they don't naturally have it on their own, which newsflash, most most of us don't. (laughs) It is something that someone has to, you know, initiate or guide us to or point us in that direction. Uh, So just appreciate the work that you do leading women in that way. And all the sacrifices you made for the prior to the 10 years and, and future beyond for holding yeah. space for women in that birthing process too. I appreciate Yeah, that. it's really special what you do. Thank you. I, uh, as we were chatting, I'm like, it's so funny how these things align, but our month of September, which is you know, when this episode is airing, is the theme is like self-worth. And I was thinking so much as we were chatting, like that self-worth is part of this whole discussion like you personally you and your team you're worthy of taking time off with your mm-hmm. family at the end of the year and you set that expectation with your clients and we're all worthy of a beautiful birth experience and there's so much self-worth that's tied into this and I just wonder when it comes to like self-worth do you have anything that you want to share like anything that comes to mind for our listeners, whether it's the birth process or business yeah. ownership or motherhood. Well, I think it can kind of tie into both things, like kind of how you you shared where you were in a place where you didn't feel valued or aligned or going to get the birth outcome that you want. It can, I, I can, I can relate to that from the, the provider side of things. I think so much of my self-worth who, you know, I, I, I found as I guess I, I would say my professional self-worth came actually from a place of like, not really great. Like Caitlin and I had, it's mind blowing. She's like, we always joke. We're like, we're the same person. God totally aligned our past. And it blows my mind every day from so many things, <laughs> the things we say, our love of chai, whatever it is. But anyway, we both came into midwifery, not in the greatest supportive environment, but just were like, we're new midwives. So this is, I mean, separate states, separate practices, completely different, you know, background and training. But when we met that first 15 minutes to kind of, she was going to cover cover a couple visits for me postpartum while I was out, we ended up talking for three hours. And it's because like we were able to go, oh, it doesn't, didn't have to be like that, but we didn't know it. 
we were like new and we're just like, I guess this is just how new midwives are treated. And I guess this is just how many hours you work. And I guess this is just the money that you make and for all the things we do. And so when we shared those stories, it further affirmed, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Cause I, you know, our, our model of care, our midwives can, you can work however many days you want. You can work. Now we, we sit in a midwife meeting once a Friday, you know, once a month on a Friday and talk, okay, planning our lives 10 months in advance. How busy do we want to be for May or whatever else? So you can't like take off for a month next week. That wouldn't be great. But we, we have that intentional discussion of what does this look like 10 months from now, you know, because if somebody wants a whole month off, that's cool, but like, let's plan for it. And so I think even just, yeah, just further affirming that, like from a professional standpoint, I get to we're we're all co-workers. I don't see myself as here and they're here, whatever, but we all get to work together and serve women and families well in a in a like I would do and I do do the same things that they do, right? Like my schedule, my time, like we're all in this same alignment of like this is what we want for work and life and finding that worth in we are worthy of these things. We're worthy of, you know, being able to have control over our schedule or taking a vacation if we want or going like so much of like the thing I didn't like about, I remember thinking we are all women. I just had a baby and I have to like pump in a supply room. Like what? Like, you know, so when I'm like my own boss and I get to like bring my baby to visits because like, that's what makes sense. And families love that. I think just kind of knowing that, if you're in a place that's not of alignment, like find it, create it, like do whatever you can do to, to make that happen because it, it's, it's life-changing really. I love that. Yeah. Same yeah. Too. I totally believe and feel the same thing when you're living in your purpose and living in alignment with um, what you're desiring. It's a totally different life outcome. Yeah. And if, you don't, if you're not there, like change it. Yeah. Change you have the book. You have the power. You have yeah. the choice. Like you, yeah. you get to choose. Nobody's going to change it for you. The only person that can change it is you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time and chatting with us and sharing your journey and this beautiful work that you do. I'm not having any more babies, but (laughs) if I was. Okay. You can call for your well women's health. We'll see you for that too. (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. At home. Thank you so much, Nancy. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Wasn't that nice? I mean, unless unless you're going to miss that, like the table with the stirrups and the light and the gown. (laughs) I can't wait for that. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny that it's like, just like another education piece. Like, well, I thought that they needed the stirrups and don't, doesn't everything need to be sterile? And it's just like that reframe, right? that's another rabbit hole we could (laughs) oh that was so fun to chat with you so thank you so much nancy and i i really hope that this episode was was really helpful for those in that transition into motherhood or maybe in that that space thanks jess thanks thank you for tuning in today You can find more information about today's episode in the show notes at soul-starter.com forward slash podcast. We also love to connect with you on Instagram at soulstarterco, all one word. And please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can also watch the video recordings on our YouTube channel at soulstarterco. See you in the next episode.